Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, have you heard of the extreme retire early movement known as FIRE? Well, it's taken some turns over the last few years I want to talk about. Also, with car prices skyrocketing, many are looking for alternative methods of transportation. And I got some great news for you if you're one of them. So, FIRE. It was probably... I'm trying to think, like 2017, that the fire movement just was everywhere. I was constantly being asked when I do interviews with uh, publications and TV stations about what what did I feel about the fire movement. So it's been around for a good while, and even before the name fire existed, it was something that I would interview people about in my TV work. It stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And so it became such a thing. And then there was a backlash with people saying this was ridiculous. So what exactly is this if this isn't familiar to you? The idea is that you live a very, very Spartan life, saving massive amounts of your pay, so that you are in a position to retire at it's not necessarily a set age, although some people will set an age for it, but an age range. Very common people will set a target date of 45 years old who are in the fire movement. And I was very disturbed by the extreme negative follow-on blowback when the fire movement became this thing and there were all these podcasts about it and all these people posting on social media about and bloggers about, uh, you know, they, they did fire and they are living this wonderful life at 28 or whatever. And that caused resentment. But I was doing a podcast, ironically enough, with Joel, who used to work on my radio show, who now has his own podcast. Called How to Money. How to Money. Used to be something, uh, Suds of Beer or something. What was the original name? Um, Poor Not Poor. Okay. P-O-U-R, okay. not P-O-O-R. So now he does this one. And so I was a guest on his podcast. And we were talking about what's happened with the fire movement. I was talking about how, you know, what it did was it introduced the concept of creating independence in your life by living on less than what you make. And that's really the key. And I think about how many other cultures in the world, you don't have to have a movement for this. That's what people do is in a lot of Asian cultures, as an example, 
you're expected to save whatever currency they are. You're expected of every three units, uh, let's call it dollars, just in this case, every three dollars you make, one you save, two you spend. That you that you live on two-thirds of what you make, and that's just what people do overwhelmingly. And so this idea of not being dependent on getting to work, that if you can't work, you don't eat, that kind of thing, you create this cushion that you have to live on. You know, there's that bumper sticker that when people used to do all kinds of bumper stickers, and people now only seem to do political bumper stickers. But anyway, there was one, I owe, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. That was forever ago that somebody thought they could make money selling that bumper sticker. And so the idea, don't get fixated on how ridiculous to you it might seem that somebody thinks they can bag work at 28 or 33 or 45 or whatever. You know what? If they live a very austere life and they save overwhelmingly what they make, they can probably do it. And because they will have lived such an austere lifestyle, they can continue to do that. But for most people, I think most people that live on substantially less than what they make are more the mentality that I have and have always had. It is true I retired the first time at 31. It is true that if I never wanted to work again, I didn't have to. I am 66 years old now, and I work a good amount. And why do I work? Because I want to. I don't work because I got to. I work because I want to. And I do it because I love what I do. And I've always had the freedom to say what I believe in my head and my heart without worrying about what might happen with somebody calling me in if I was working for, for some big company and they say, hey, we don't like what you said about that car deal or whatever. You're out of here. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. I'll go to the beach. I mean, that's the thing is that being in a position where you live on substantially less than what you make is not necessarily about you never doing anything. It's about you doing what you choose to do, whether it's hobbies or charitable works or working in some capacity, but only as much as you want to work, not because you have to, not because you're worried about the bills coming in your email in basket or coming in your mailbox, however your bills come these days. It's about you being free of that, not worrying about that, not worrying about who you owe money to. So make fun of those fire people all you want, if that's something you enjoy doing. But know that the idea of living on substantially less than what you make is what creates in a capitalist society the opportunity for you to live the life that you really want to live. And just like me, there are a lot of people who, see, my goal had been to retire when I was 30. And that was the brash goal of youth. What a failure. I know, I did it at 31. (laughs) 
But a lot of people would say that I'm a failure and I'm an idiot because I still work. Nobody I didn't for a while. What about you? Well, <laughs> to know me, you would know I'm an idiot. But anyway, <laughs> so, so think this through about how you live your life and be reasonable with the goals for yourself. And why is that goal important? Why is it that you want to be someone who has money as security? Money is not the God. That's something really important. It is not to obsess about money. It is to be in a position where you live on substantially less than what you make. It doesn't have to be like the austere thing of the fire people who save 75% of what they make. But if you want to create real financial space in your life, you actually save 20% of what you make. 2-0. It's a big difference from 7-5. But it does create so many possibilities for yourself. Okay, Clark. Cindy in California says, I've heard you say auto and homeowners insurance rates can depend on one's credit and that the insurance companies do take a look at credit in determining what rates to charge. My question is, if I put a credit freeze in effect on the big three bureaus for security from identity theft, will that cause my auto insurance or homeowner's insurance rates to go up since my credit will be, in essence, locked? This is a great question. And one time, one time in all the years I've talked about credit freeze, this happened to someone. There are a tiny number of the 50 states, I don't know if it's two or three or what, Uh, that do not allow insurers to see your credit file to set insurance rates. You know, credit freeze was never intended or designed to affect the ability of an insurer to calculate risk that you would represent for insurance. But there are a small number of states that either had to be administrative from the state insurance department or legislative from the state legislature that has never lifted the prohibition on insurers checking your credit if you have a freeze. So very, very rarely, but possibly it could happen. And California, where you're from, insurers are not allowed to use credit-based scores or your credit history for setting your rates for auto or homeowners. So for you, it doesn't even matter because they can't use it to set your rates. And Vicki in Wisconsin says, is there any way you can lose what you keep in a safety deposit box besides not paying the fee? Is there ever a reason the banks would close and I could not get my belongings out? Oh, Vicki. Oh, Vicki. <sighs> we had this problem over and over again in the aftermath of the banking scandals of uh, the mid-O's. What do you call that period? O one one to O mm-hmm. nine, whatever. Anyway, uh, when the banking scandals caused the Great Recession and so many banks closed, we had one person after another whose safety dep- deposit box possessions went missing. Um, a bank would go insolvent, 
a branch would be purchased by somebody else, a branch would close, and your possessions would go lost in space. It is such a serious problem. It's why I stopped recommending, after I did so many stories during the aftermath of the banking scandals, I did so many stories about how people were losing their stuff in safety deposit boxes. I finally, in frustration, said, buy yourself your own big safe that is fireproof and put your possessions in it that you would put in a safety deposit box because the banks so fouled this up in the aftermath of the banking scandals. So, yes, your stuff potentially could disappear. And especially, uh, this is ironic because I just talked the other day that banks are closing branches at an accelerating rate around the country. So the problems with banks failing to take due care as they're required by law of possessions in safe deposit boxes is an increasing problem. And so you are your best safety deposit box. And having a big fire safe that is big enough that uh, burglars cannot carry that thing out is something I would recommend. In fact, so many people must be doing this that even the warehouse clubs sell really hefty big safes. And Greg in Georgia says, my credit card company is offering free identity monitoring. Are these legitimate and how would I know? Yeah, that's just fine. If your credit card company is a throw-in is offering free credit monitoring, it's no different than using it for free with uh, Credit Karma. And as long as they don't use this as a way to then say, well, while you're at it, why don't you buy this enhancement from us and that one and the other one? Sure, use their free credit monitoring. And then Tom in Illinois says, I know how much you hate piece of trash debit cards. However, my credit union offers 1.75% on my checking account up to 25K as long as I can use my debit card 12 times per month. My wife and I both take advantage of this and earn close to $900 a year in interest. I don't make unnecessary purchases just to get my interest every month. In this low interest rate environment, it seems like the best place to put some excess cash to work. We max our 401ks and Roths so we can increase our retirement contributions. Please let me know if this is something that you would be comfortable with or if it's too risky with the trash debit cards. All right. Well, first (laughs) of all, let me tell you, Tom, how excited I am for you that you max out your 401ks and your Roths. You were putting yourself, like I was talking about earlier, with people living on substantially less than what they make, you're setting yourself up for enormous financial security down the road, and that is great. So, yes, there is a calculated risk using the piece of trash, fake Visa or fake MasterCard debit card because you don't have proper legal protections like you do with a credit card. But that is a potential risk where you have a known reward getting the much higher than market interest rate It's worth the risk to get the reward. Next, I'm really, really excited about new alternative ways people are getting around. And it's really cool because you may find that you can get by with one less automobile. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've talked about how if you have a vehicle that is kind of in your life, it's kind of maybe an extra vehicle, doesn't get a lot of use, why it's so valuable to sell right now with the extreme shortage we have of new and used vehicles that the selling prices are really inflated. And there are a lot of people that are right on this bubble. They live in urban suburban areas can't really do this rural or ex-urban. And they've got this vehicle that you're paying insurance for, you're having to maintain it, the cost of it, all that, for something that is a situation player that's not used a lot. Well, a lot of people are looking at new ways to handle that, and it's because of the breakthroughs and batteries that have come about because of Tesla and other electric vehicle makers. Um, I'm seeing all over the place, people in these, uh, what used to be called NEVs, neighborhood electric vehicles, they're like street legal golf carts would be the simplest way to explain them. And they're now sold quite often with the same battery technology as electric cars. And so the batteries go on and on and on, have much better range than traditional crummy golf cart batteries. The old-fashioned lead acid, I think they're called batteries in golf carts, are horrible. They're not reliable, not dependable. They don't last. They're an environmental disaster, blah, 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 blah. Well, now, since the cost of the lithium technology has dropped so much and those batteries are so reliable, more and more people are buying these um, neighborhood electric vehicles. I always call them that rather than call them fancy golf carts, and using them as a replacement for having a full extra vehicle, a vehicle that's kind of needed, kind of not. And you can run all around your neighborhood. Now, it depends where you are. Um, We have one. We don't have one of these modern ones. We have an old one. But we're able to run around in it, go to dinner, go to the supermarket, um, go shopping, whatever, in this and it costs like nothing to run and they go on and on and on for years and years and years and they really don't seem to depreciate much in addition electric bikes are selling at unbelievable numbers now in the united states because there are a lot of situations where parking becomes a hassle or a cost and people will ride an electric bike and they tend to go, they're supposed to go like no more than 20 miles an hour, typically cruising at 
12 to 15 miles an hour. Uh, better if you wear a helmet, although a lot of people are hard-headed and won't wear one. And these are a great way to get around, especially when it's not raining. And then you've got uh, all the other things. You've got the electric scooters that fold up that you can carry in somewhere. And the, is it Ninebot is the brand name of the one that's so popular? Anyway, there are lots of these. They're inexpensive to buy. Start at like $2.99. You own the thing. They run and run and run. They get you around an area. And these alternatives are really becoming localized mobility. And if they can eliminate a vehicle, the savings to you over time, gigantic. All right, we'll get to some questions. This one's actually about cars. Jason in Colorado says, we held off on replacing a broken down second vehicle through COVID and we saved a year on insurance payments, but it's time to replace as we head back to the office. We're unsure the best route between two options. One, purchase a newer used car in the 20K range and get a longer life out of it. We'd pay with a combination of pulling money from investments, financing, and cash. Two, purchase a 2006 Honda Pilot with 150,000 miles from a friend for $5,000, which we could pay cash for. The worry with option two is having the car go out in a few years and being in a situation of possibly two vehicles needing to be replaced close to the same time. Well... I really love the idea of you buying the 06 Honda Pilot. 150,000 miles on a Honda is not a lot of miles. 5,000 where you can pay cash for a vehicle that could have years and years of reliable service for you on it is great. And let's take the worst possible scenario. You pay $5,000 for this, and after a couple of years, the thing basically goes to dust. Something goes wrong with the pilot and it needs a massively expensive repair and basically you've got to write down the 5000 Not likely to happen, but let's just say it could. If you think what the average person is paying equivalent per month for a newer used car, like you're talking about, or a new vehicle, it's so much money per month that you would go through easily in a year the equivalent of that $5,000. So as long as that Honda Pilot seems to be in good condition, having it checked out by an independent Honda mechanic would be a great idea, even though it is from a friend. If it checks out, I like that option. The worry, the future anxiety that both of these cars are going to croak at the same moment, it could happen but you'd have to be pretty unlucky for that to happen. Stephen Texas says, Clark, apparently you employ 20 plus people. Where do your revenues come from? I know you make a bit from ads on your podcast. You say you provide your employees with matching 401ks. Where does it come from? So Steve, I don't know if you know, I have a side business where we run scams on people. <laughs> That's what no. <laughs> so we have, as you know, we have, the two websites and we have our off-air advice center that where you can have one-on-one advice for free from a member of Team Clark. We have the people working on our newsletters, our social media, obviously the podcast you're listening to. 
And so it's all ad revenue driven. And you said make a bit from ads. We actually do really well with the ad revenue and it supports the employment of all the people that work for my companies. And it's very important to me that people who work for me have a sense of community service, that they understand that what we're about is being of service to others. And the fact that we can do that profitably is really cool, but the whole idea is to be of service to others. Our one-on-one advice we offer doesn't generate any revenue at all. It is a cost, but it is a service. And it is something that we've been doing since 1993, providing free one-on-one advice. So this is a weird combination of a service to our fellow Americans and a business that turns out to be profitable. So what I do is I require, I automatically enroll new hires into our 401k plan, and then I match 100% of the contributions we make them make so that they are instantly saving 6% that I make them do, but they can opt out if they want. I don't know that anybody ever has. And then the 6% match. And we have an ultra-low-cost retirement plan. And I want people to develop a lifelong habit of saving money for their future. So is it um, coercive, I guess, in a sense? Is it um, the old paternalistic thing that companies (laughs) used to have? Yes, it is. Um, Am I guilty as charged? Completely. So I am trying to uh, do more than gently encourage people to be savers. And I want to thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to sign up for our free newsletters at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. I want you to know I am so proud of our team. They work every day to bring you money advice you can trust.